0: Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? More details and just a few tickets left at bloomberg.com/techsf.
1: Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6 a.m. on London DAB digital radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business App and Bloomberg Radio.
2: Now, UK house prices fell in October by the most since the start of the pandemic, as political and market turmoil sent shockwaves through the property market. Data from Nationwide out yesterday showing the average value of a home dropping by 0.9% to £268,000. That's much sharper than the 0.3% fall that economists had been expecting. We're joined now by Ray Bulger, who's Senior Mortgage Technical Manager, John Turkle. Um, Ray, thanks so much for being with us on the programme again. We spoke to you just a couple of weeks ago on the 19th of october when you told us that you expected a 15 percent drop in house prices from their peak i wonder how you feel of where we are on that journey now have we come off the peak and have we much further to fall
1: uh, i think we certainly got quite a bit further to fall and looking at the nationwide statistics if you actually analyze the detail. The, the figure that Nationwide always quote is the seasonally adjusted figure. If you look at the real figures, um, the the fall last month was actually one point five percent, and the previous month it fell point five. So we've actually come back two percent from the from the peak, and um, that there are all already very clear signs that buyers are holding off. Some buyers are pulling out. Um, and we're beginning to see um, the start of, of a few sort of distressed sellers who just realise that once their fixed rates uh, finish, they're going to struggle with payments. So, yes, I think, I think we're still looking at um, at least 10% and probably nearer to 15% for pizza trough.
3: Okay, I think that's really interesting that you talk about the idea of distressed sellers already in the market. I mean, is this unusual in terms of the speed of the impact? Certainly, the speed of rate hikes has been um, extremely fast and unusual in that sense. Is the speed of the drop in house prices unusual?
1: Uh, Yes, I think that's right. Um, Last time we saw anything remotely like this was uh, back in the autumn of 2007. Um, And um, then you've got to go back probably to the early uh, 90s to see anything similar. So, yes, it is is certainly very unusual. But, of course, we've been in an unusual territory having mortgage rates very close to zero for 10 years and then getting a really sudden peak is what causes the problem. If the increase in rates had been gradual, it would have been obviously much less of a problem. Um, the, the, the one silver lining, perhaps, is the fact that because most people do have fixed-rate mortgages, um, compared with the early 90s when most people had a variable rate, um, there will be a gradual movement when people come off their cheap deals. So it's going to take several years before everyone comes off. But, but you know, the combination of the much higher mortgage rates and the much higher energy costs is putting some people under the pressure.
2: Ray, how have things moved in the mortgage market since we last spoke to you? We had this issue around products being pulled from the market. Some of those have returned. What's the what? what's sort of the latest in terms of both availability and rates that you can get now for a mortgage?
1: Well, that situation is certainly improving. Um, We are now seeing rates come down, but really quite slowly. I mean, bearing in in mind how far gilt yields have have fallen from the peak after the mini budget, um, I think mortgage rates have got quite a bit further to fall. One of the interesting trends we've seen over the last few weeks is that um, with quite a few lenders now, they are offering cheaper product transfer rates than they're offering for new business. I mean, Nationwide, for example, a couple of days ago, reduced all its product transfer rates for two, three, five, and 10 years below 5%. But for new business, people are still going to be paying well over 5%. And so I think there are a couple of reasons for that. First of all, uh, lenders are struggling under you know, uh, to, to meet their service standards. And, uh, I mean, one lender yesterday we were talking to was suggesting they could afford to drop their rates more quickly, but they're worried that if they drop them too far, they'll get too much business and can't cope. So there's an element of not dropping rates too far to avoid being overwhelmed with business. Um, and uh, secondly... We've got some new mortgage rules coming in in July next year called consumer duty, where lenders are required to look at the overall lifetime value of the product rather than just the initial deal. And I think that's encouraging lenders to actually look at existing customers um, you know, much more carefully and make sure they're offering good value throughout the mortgage term.
3: Mm, that's interesting yeah that it's going to be much more of a long-term duty look in the past when we've seen a lull in prices first-time buyers and perhaps even second home buyers have rushed in there are uh, a lot of savings still built up post-covid could that happen could people step into you know a market and that would perhaps slow the rate of fall
1: Uh, well as you say some people will have got savings built up from covid and obviously they're in a good position um, the, the people who are going to have a big impact on the market um, are those are the, the, in a more marginal situation who are struggling. So um, I think if you're looking to buy a property now as a first-time buyer... Um, whether it's right to go ahead now with the expected falling prices depends very much on your personal circumstances. Now, if you're renting, for example, you'll, uh, you're going to be paying probably quite a large amount in rent, may- maybe even more than you would, well, perhaps not more, but a, a similar amount to what you pay on the mortgage. And you know, the value of having your own property, security of tenure is well worth considering and one of the impacts we're also seeing is in the buy-to-let market now stress test rates i.e. the uh, rate that lenders have to use or decide to use to decide whether a mortgage is affordable has been pushed up in both the buy-to-let market and the residential market. And what we're finding now is that if you're a buy-to-let investor looking to get a high loan-to-value, really anything over 50% in some parts of the country, it's now very difficult to actually borrow simply to meet the lenders' affordability um, criteria. So I think what's going to happen is we're going to see some buy-to-let landlords decide to exit the market because of the increased cost of their mortgage and the increased regulation. Very few landlords coming into the market and therefore less choice for renters. So the Mm. impact of this is going to actually hit renters as well as householders.
2: Well, I'm wondering what the extent of that impact could be if if we're talking about, you know, there being a a shortage then of of buy to let properties. Is that, you know, is, is there a potential
1: for a rental crisis there as well, deeper than the one we already have? Uh, I think there is. I mean, there are early signs of that. And, um, you know, government action has tended to be to favour the first-time buyer over the landlord, Um And long term, clearly, it's in the government's interest for people to own their own property as well. So they don't become, if you like, a burden on the state in terms of providing rental support in their retirement. Um, But in the short term, um, there is, is, I think, going to be a problem for renters as well as for first-time buyers. So the government needs to think clearly about what it can do to mitigate that.
3: Yeah, I I mean, that was where my sort of last question to you, Ray, really is what should government and the Bank of England be doing or be thinking about now? I mean, in the past, the Bank of England, you know, has talked about, you know, even only a few months ago that the property market isn't a sort of source of concern. But with this speed of of rate increases, you know, perhaps it should be. Uh,
1: Absolutely. I mean, many landlords are going to be making a loss. Um, inter- uh, 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 certainly those landlords who were relying on mortgage finance as opposed to those who are buying a property from their own resources so um, on that basis, the only way it makes sense to continue to hold the property is if they see decent capital gains. And they're not going to be looking for that over the next few years. So I think one thing the government could do very easily would be to change the taxation rules. So for people who own a property in their own name, as opposed to through a limited company, um, they, they now, in, in most cases, end up not being able to offset all the mortgage interest against their rental income. and. Mm. That's very different to any other sort of business. So um, whilst reducing or cutting out the 3% surcharge landlords have to pay would help, um, I don't think that in itself would be enough. A long-term measure that makes the whole situation in terms of owning a property more viable is something I think the government needs to look at. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6am on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com.